Today is Wednesday, October 6th. The title for our devotional is The Deeper Identity. Yesterday, we took a brief look at the cultural context in which Jesus was asked whether or not he thought the Jews should pay taxes to Caesar. If you haven't gone through yesterday's devotional, I would strongly suggest that you go back and check that one out first, because that lays the context for everything we're going to talk about today. Uh, Matthew 22, 15 to 22, let's just read that one more time. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Jesus' answer here is simply brilliant. Scholars have marveled at this for centuries. He doesn't dodge the question, as we would expect from our modern politicians and culture warriors looking to amass a larger following. He answers it by saying that they should pay their taxes. When he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, that's what he means. Remember, it was his image on the coin, so it belonged to him, as Jesus is teaching here. This answer would have alienated completely the zealot crowd and at least frustrated the Pharisees. And this seems to be the basis for Paul's teaching in Romans 13.7, where he tells the Roman church to go ahead and pay their taxes as well. But he doesn't stop there. Instead of allowing them all, really, to live comfortably in their political tribal identity, loving their tribe and hating the others, he calls them to their deeper identity. They are first and foremost created in the image of God, which they would have all agreed to. His likeness and inscription comment would have certainly recalled the words of the creation account from Genesis 1.26, which says, And God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Jesus reminds them of their deeper identity and therefore their more foundational allegiance. They are to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength as the core of their identity. When they are living out of this core identity, they are free to then give Caesar his tax and give all of themselves then to God. This is also likely reminding them that everything on earth belongs to God, and they are only stewards of it. So they should not act as if they are sovereign over the nations and over Caesar, and God is not. Daryl Bach, in his commentary on Luke, in Luke's um, account of this event, he writes, Jesus was not a political revolutionary, nor was he an ardent nationalist. His work transcends politics. David Turner, in his commentary on Matthew, says it well also. Jesus does not support the Pharisees by opposing Caesar's tax, but neither does he support the Herodians by affirming total loyalty to Rome. Ironically, Jesus has truly taught the way of God, despite the insincere flattery of his questioners. These two comments, and ultimately the teaching of Jesus, provide us with a wonderful picture of how to follow Jesus through the polarization and tribalism of our day. Today, just like then, the call of the Christian life transcends politics, and Christians should simply seek to teach the way of God. The reality is that those other tribes or groups with which we identify ourselves 
will never fully align with the way of God, and we should not expect them to. Therefore, we must always be weary of giving too much of our allegiance to one group or another that is not God himself. Let's use politics as an example. A complete allegiance to the Republican Party can lead Christians to disregard or undermine Scripture's clear call to seek justice for racial minorities, for immigrants, and foreigners. Conversely, an allegiance to the Democratic Party can cause us to miss the pursuit of justice for the unborn, or perhaps move away from a biblically-based sexual ethic. Neither are following the way of Jesus. In our Tough Topics digital conference, Justin Gibney suggested we think of politics as a tool, one of many tools, to bring about a society that more accurately reflects the values in the kingdom of God. This is a framework that allows us to engage in politics, but maintain our primary allegiance to the kingdom of God. If the work of Jesus indeed transcends politics, then we must live out of this higher calling, which is the more core aspect of our identity. This devotion is already getting long, so we'll pick up on this again tomorrow. For today, reflect on the brilliance of Jesus' answer and how it just obliterates tribalism and the mentalities that come from that. Whose image is on you? Whose image is on the person in the other tribe? How does that change your perspective of your responsibility to God and to them?